0: Before we start, a quick listener note. We currently have three series rolling all at the same time. This currently is episode number 12 for us in total, and it is continuing on the theme of this educational series we're providing to you. And on that note, let's get straight into it. Welcome to episode two in series three on the journey to conscious healthcare where we explore what it takes to consciously create longevity, happiness and fulfillment in your life and that of others. The Journey to Conscious Healthcare looks at the healthcare industry, disability sector and how to best navigate these areas to get the best for you and your life. This series is called NDIS 101, the blueprint you've been looking for about how and what to do to navigate the NDIS. In this series, we do an end-to-end of the NDIS. That's right. We walk you through the foundations of how it all works and proceed to step you through from access, starting your plan, connecting with services, getting your reports to ensure you keep getting funding, and ultimately achieving your goals. Today's episode is called, Wouldn't It Be Great If Only Everyone Could Get Access? I'm your host, Trevor Keane and I'm also the founder and CEO of Conscious Healthcare S.A., an expert company that is known for high-quality healthcare services and transforming the healthcare industry in the disability space. Today's show is sponsored by Conscious Healthcare S.A. At Conscious Healthcare S.A., we provide high-quality NDIS healthcare services in the comfort of your own home. If you're interested in an easy and reliable way to navigate the NDIS and access healthcare services, please get in touch. Now, today's episode, this educational series, we're moving into what is called access. Now, it's a bit of a weird beast jumping into access. And what I thought I might do for those listening and also the opportunity to watch, of course, is just roll you through what it might look like if it was a bit of a mind map. Now, Anyone that's listening, this may scare you a little bit if you were to see it. But fundamentally what I did, I must have got bored one day and I did a bit of a mind map moving through what a participant might do to then go through the journey to then getting onto the NDIS, so meeting access. Now, I'll jump straight into it. I'm going to slide the screen across. So, and we've got a few to roll through today. So, where we've got it is... I'm showing the screen right now and fundamentally it's a participant journey. So this is a person with a disability that has no NDIS plan. So I'm just going to walk through it here. Now what you've got is a few different situations. Now this is overly complex. So anyone listening, it is very complex what I've done through here and fundamentally I only really want to show this just so people can get aware of how complex this beast is, whether you know how to navigate the system or not. Now, let's just start at the start. So if you want to get onto the NDIS, typically speaking, you've got to have either a GP letter or some form of a diagnosis. So you've got two groups. So if you imagine we've got a tree and we've got two trunks, or we've got one trunk and two branches, say. So we've got a person with a disability, they've got no NDIS plan, and they've either got a diagnosis or they don't have a diagnosis. So if they don't have a diagnosis, fundamentally they need to have a therapist to then assist with them to then get a diagnosis. Then we've got a couple brackets that that falls down into. So as to whether they can afford it or they can't afford it. So that's one situation. Now let's just assume you get your diagnosis. So you've had your assessment and all that go through. And then what you do is it gets filled out by the GP. You submit your access request form. So you're really excited. You know, this this can't be so bad, this whole NDIS thing, right? And then what happens is you either get into your planning meeting and then get accepted or you get rejected. Now it's quite a weird old beast how this all works because fundamentally, a couple of things that people must know. So GPs don't benefit really at all by the NDIS, and fundamentally, the skill set of GPs around around the board would be pretty low as far as with disability and understanding it. Now that is no issue whatsoever with respect to GPs. The NDIS does not provide funding, and there's no incentives in the NDIS to be able to assist GPs. To learn more. And so because there's no economic incentive, fundamentally what you find is that you don't have GPs get terribly involved in it. And it also means that they can fill out these access request forms and these bits of information. And they don't fundamentally know what the person is actually who's reading the report or the access request form, what they're after. I know this from personal experience. I won't mention exactly who, but for someone who was very close in my family, I went through this process. And as I was going through, in fact, I've helped three family members get on, so I'm relatively good at this now. Uh, But fundamentally, GPs fill out the form and, and these couple instances just had no idea what to do. And it meant that I had to then roll through a lot of different hurdles that I shouldn't have had to do in order to then try and get access for this person in my family. Now, we'll continue through I'm not going to go through this whole diagram. If people get really inspired and excited about it, please get in contact. I know LACs probably will find this. So, LAC, Local Area Coordinator, they will probably find this very amusing, mainly because they actually are right at the start end on this. So, I'm happy to sort of circulate this around. Uh, But really, where I'll leave it is let's say you get accepted and then you fall into one of three categories after that. You either end up falling into a category where you are agency managed, which I'll just zoom in on the screen, or the second bucket might be that you are plan managed. And then likewise, you might be self-managed. So that are the three ones that happen from there. Right, so let's jump in. We've gone into a little bit of that detail early, but let's go into access. Now, at Conscious Healthcare SA, what we've done is we've made a bit of a document to try and make it a bit easier for people to then access access the NDIS. So I'm going to read through a bit of it, but summarize it broadly speaking so that we can get into it. So how to get access. So what those listeners at home are now seeing if they're on YouTube or if you're listening is also sort of go through it. It's a bit of a summary as far as some bits and pieces about accessing the NDIS. Fundamentally what I would like to say here is that we have got an access request form that is a form you can fill online and get that. But I do find that really there's probably a couple more steps that need to happen before that occurs. So I'm just going to roll through a little bit here. Stay with me. If you've got questions, please shoot them through as always. I'm more than happy to help out however we can. So to get access to the NDIS, we do need an access request form. I've said that a few times and below and in the sheet that I'm describing here now is a bit of a checklist of some things to do. Then what I mentioned next is about medical history. Now, I'm not going to read through this whole document because it would be relatively boring, but fundamentally, why do we need the the medical history? Well, the NDIS is an insurance scheme. All insurance schemes need evidence. And so evidence, the form of evidence that they would particularly like is in regards to either diagnoses or GP letters or stuff like that. So paediatrician might be one as well if you think about children and and paediatrics. So next part of of this form and that that I've created here we've got is, well, what is Conscious Healthcare SA doing to help? Well, we understand how difficult it is to get onto the NDIS. And so what I'm doing is I'm creating a form, a survey you can fill out and fundamentally uh, say, hey, I'd like to get onto the NDIS. How can you help me? And then from there, what we'll do is we'll get you in touch with some key people, uh, those key people being in regards to the independent advocates. We've also got some other funding bodies that can assist in providing a funding for reports as well. So we can get you in touch with those sorts of people. Or fundamentally, I'm even exploring the option of doing a webinar series or a webinar every week, month, whatever it might be, to try and assist people uh, in a group setting uh, or trying to move forward to then get onto the NDIS. So we're doing whatever we can and we encourage others to do the same, uh, however they can do it. I understand you've got requirements and things that you have to do on a day-to-day basis as we do as well, uh, but we really like helping and giving back as much as we can. On that note, so what do we do if we get stuck in applying? Well, fundamentally, you want to get in touch with people that hopefully know what they're talking about so if you're applying there's a local area coordinator and you can get in touch with them this document does go through it in greater detail about how you can find out who is your local area coordinator and in previous episode i did go through who those three main bodies are particularly here in sa south australia so as we roll through got a bit of a checklist that's in front of me just for those listening and a few things that are pretty important is having an access request form, your Medicare number and medical history. That's very useful. A couple of actions that are pretty important for you to take as well is booking in CGP because they can then fill out and add to that access request form and then take a, the, the form to be filled out to the GP visit and then ask for help if required. Really important that if you don't know an answer, that's okay, but fundamentally try and get in touch with someone who can keep moving you forward and what i want you to remember as well is if you get given a no that absolutely does not mean your journey has ended your journey is far from ended keep persisting keep talking to people who are in the know and believe it or not there's been many people knocked back two three times and then eventually they get through and even then if you don't go through the normal access process there is also early intervention very very much needed say if someone's had a stroke early intervention a really good one there as well or developmental delay if you think of children quite a a really prominent area Uh, right as we continue here so going through this document now I've just made a bit of a checklist and there's lots of information on here for you to have a look at you will notice that it is pretty similar actually to the access request form but fundamentally I thought I'd go through this as a, a bit of a pre-work book I guess so that you can get it all together and then once you go through your access book the access request form that you just literally bang straight through so the most important thing you want to note on here is I've actually got a link so those listening there's a link on here and as you click the link it opens up now there's something magical that happens here despite this NDIS website seemingly being very easy to navigate I don't personally think so uh, you've actually got a place where you just chuck your postcode or your suburb, and then bang, pops out exactly who your local office is. So I'm just going to type that in. So let's say I live here in Glengarry. So if we search, it will then pop out who my local area coordinator would be. So in this instance here, it's coming up with Oaklands Park as being the next one. It's about three kilometres away, and then I can click on there to get details, and it says NDIS. So that's who I'm going to get in touch with, NDIS directly. Likewise, if I wanted to then go and see... The local area coordinator, I could go see someone at care uh, which is in Mile End. So that's the closest one. Then I've also got the early childhood partner. So who would that be for me? Also, it says it's in Unley and it's Kudos services. So it's really important for you to be able to quickly look this up and then go and follow through. Once again, all this information is going to be in the show notes. So just stay with me here. Going to grab out of that link there because it's not hugely helpful now, but very good for you to know, is it BAT Care? is it Mission Australia, Ferris Care, or are you going with Kudos because you're in early early intervention, say, or 026? So we get a bit of this information. Hopefully a fair bit of it here should be pretty obvious about your name and, and date of birth and country, etc. Also, there's services in regards to interpretation. If uh, English isn't your first language, uh, always good to know. Medicare number, as I mentioned there before. Have you got your, your medical history? If no, that's fine. We've got a form. You can either do that yourself to get it from your doctors or we've got a form that we can circulate to you uh, so you can chase that up yourself. I think it's pretty useful to have that on hand. Now, are there any, any other people that can add a bit more to this picture, this story about what's happening? A neurologist, a occupational therapist, a psychologist even? Or have you got a hospital discharge something something like that. So handy to sort of note this sort of stuff here. Now, as we roll through this form a little bit further, we say, what is a list of your medical conditions? Now, just because you've got a list of medical conditions certainly does not mean that that ends up getting put down as your primary diagnosis by the NDIS or even a secondary, uh, but it is useful for someone who's an allied health professional such as myself to then be able to go, okay, no worries, You know, you've got rheumatoid arthritis or Parkinson's or a stroke. And so then I can start mounting evidence that's then speaking your truth and your story about why you should then need access. Also then what we've got here is what is the impact on your life of this medical condition? Now, for example, it's really sad to say, but the NDIS does not care at all about pain, does not care about it. But what it will do is care a lot about function. I gave a presentation at Calvary the Calvary Hospital a while ago, actually, a free presentation there, and I was educating them. I think I was using an example of maybe a Bob and a Jane, and just two different names, and what I used was the example is you've got someone who does have a disability and someone who does not. The NDIS is there to fill the gap. So we want to make sure Bob and Jane get given the same opportunity irrespective of the health status and irrespective of the fact one has a disability and one does not. So, what is the impact of your medical condition? Is it that you then have fatigue and you can't then uh, independently do things? Or what is it particularly, you know, is it that you can't then grip sort of things or uh, you struggle socializing? It doesn't really matter exactly what it is. But what I can say, it does matter a lot that we paint a very good picture about what the impact is, because it's about the impact, which is the biggest thing when people are then assessing it. The last thing we've got here as we continue to motor forward is an access request form. So as you click through that, you'll notice that the link goes directly to the NDIS. In fact, it actually downloads the form right there. What I might do just for the sake of this video is I might see if we can open that one up. Uh, Hopefully it will allow us to do so. Just doing that now. So what we've got is we've got an access request form. It's uh, got the usual purple colouring that's on there from the NDIS and We've got lots of different information on there. There is a lot of info here. I promise you there's lots and lots of info. And then as we go through the form, it then asks quite a lot of questions. Now, I'm not going to walk through exactly how to fill this form out. Uh, I think that will probably be maybe for the webinar or something else like that. But a lot of the questions I asked in my form will repeat here. But the biggest thing I can emphasize to you is it's really important that you paint the picture as far as what the impact of your disability is as far as impacting your day-to-day life. So as we roll through here, you can see a lot of different stuff on the form. Now those listening, it doesn't really matter too much. You might have seen one before or if you haven't, please take the opportunity to have a look at it. But there's just different parts of the form and you've got to get these filled out. So I'm not going to go into that any greater detail, but there's lots of it can be very confronting. You might have noticed it's 28 pages. But when you do finish filling everything out, you've collated everything together, you've jumped up that mountain, you've had a real battle. Once you finish that, you can then flick that off to nat Alternatively, what you can also do is you can end up going in and submitting it via your local area coordinator, and that could be a good way to then have it lodged. So we've gone through that form there. What we might do now is jump into what I find is really fascinating and interesting here. So if we just go a couple across, say if I'm trying to get access to the NDIS, they've actually got list A, list B, etc. conditions. So some of which means that you can automatically jump on. So for example, if you have a look at autism, autism is one of these ones that once you hit... I think it might say here, level two diagnosis, that you automatically get onto the MDIS. So it doesn't mean you don't have to do anything, no, no jumping through hurdles or anything else like that, provided you already have that diagnosis. So it's got a few on here as far as intellectual disability, autism, cerebral palsy, genetic conditions, and then it does list a lot of them as well. So those listening, great resource to jump on, highly encourage you to have a look. And you can see all these different spinal cord injury, brain injury, if you've got blindness, for example, hearing loss, and amputations, for example. Uh, so there's lots of different ones on here. I just want to point out, you know, clearly at home you won't be able to see this, but you can hear me say it for sure, is there's list B, C, D, E. So there's quite a lot of different disabilities that you can have a look through. And fundamentally, based upon that, what's really exciting is they actually then say what is the type so, the types of disability evidence that you might need. So, for example, let's just jump in and have a look at autism. Now, you could have picked anything, but it says any member of a multidisciplinary team. Now, it mentions psychologists, occupational therapists, speech therapists. Now, that could also be physiotherapists. It could be lots of other different uh, people that are involved in it as far as getting the diagnosis. So, just training. So, it could be a letter of support. You don't actually need to have these full-blown assessments. I mean, they mentioned about a hood and they mentioned about a pedicap and Vinland assessments, which I've probably lost everyone. I hope I have because these are like such complex words and assessments. And how is the average Joe possibly meant to know about these? I don't think that they should. So that's why I'm saying create the opportunity, come over chat with us or get in touch with someone who's in the know so we can just make this simpler because this process has just got to be simpler. So, message out of all this is that you can jump have a look at the types of things that are required but fundamentally you might only need a letter of support if written well and if done by someone who knows the NDIS there's a lot of physios, OTs, dietitians whoever are out there but a lot of people aren't necessarily familiar with the NDIS that's why it's really important for you to actually even ask them how much experience have you got working with people with disabilities and I don't reckon a lot of people do ask this but what I can say is that it would be very different. Someone who works in private practice, I can promise you, does not work with the NDIS participants very often. So I'm not going to mention organisations. Everyone will say that they're really great with their disability, but I promise you if you actually ask and get down and say, hey, how long have you worked, you'll, you'll then start seeing because they'll be able to talk the lingo and say, this is what you can reasonably expect and they'll know off the tip of their tongue uh, rather than having to look that up for you. So a couple quick little tips in there. But yeah, as I said, there's lots of different disabilities here, cerebral palsy, hearing impairment, intellectual disability. I've got someone in my family with with that. Psychosocial disability, also got someone in my family with that as well, and autism. So I'm pretty uh, across the different primary disabilities and then what they're looking for. So you just click on this Uh, So it's just a a plus button that opens up for those listening and then fundamentally it just says, hey, here you go, you need to see X, Y, or Z evidence. So nice and simple. The next bit here as well is you've got another section. This is quite confusing, early intervention requirement. I'm not going to go into this in huge depth. If people do get in touch, we might do a future episode on it. But fundamentally what I want to say to you is that early intervention is really, really important as far as making sure that people get what they need? Because you know, five, ten, twenty thousand dollars spent at a younger age is better spent than having someone fall behind for five, ten, fifteen, however many years for the rest of their life uh, because they've not been able to socially interact or learn appropriately or move around and, and look after themselves. So, really another option here as well, if uh, someone can end up maybe not meeting access, but can then end up, for example, getting early intervention. So, lots of info here. I'm not planning on going into this in huge detail, but once again, I highly welcome any feedback and any uh, people to suggest that, hey, this is something that's of interest to those of you that are listening or watching. So, what we'll do is we'll jump through from here. So, we've gone through the the list A, B, C, D conditions, and then we've said the types of evidence that we might well require. And so based upon that, I think what's really there probably to be said is, I might jump back to this document, is so really if we walk through the process, now what we've got is we've got the pre-information. We can now fill out our access request form. Now, if it's not done by you, done by a GP, but I certainly uh, would encourage you to get in touch with someone who can have this pretty much, not necessarily pre-filled, but have a bit of a narrative or a story that you're going to say for when you see the GP, because they're going to, you've seen a GP practice, right? If it's not in and out in five to 15 minutes, you know, that's pretty shocking. It's usually very, very quick. So it's uh, it's not about staying there for a long time. These forms often may take 20, 30, 40 minutes to get done. So, Having this as filled out as well as possible gives you a greater chance when getting access. So once it's all finished, from there what we want to do is submit it through. Hopefully I'm going to speak to a couple LACs or people from, you know, your Mission Australia, from Ferris Care and also Bat Care, I think it is, in regards to... Uh, learning a little bit more about you know how to get onto the NDIS and maybe actually have a bit of dialogue and it'd be great to even have a, a participant or two or a potential future participant just talking so that we can end up unpacking what are some of the challenges uh, that people are facing when trying to get on to the NDIS. So we've gone through this form here, and what I'm going to wrap up with is the next opportunity. So I've got it in here. I've got a form that's in front of me now. It's help accessing NDIS. Expression of Interest. Fundamentally, it's a form here from us at Conscious Healthcare SA in regards to getting someone who wants to get onto the NDIS. can just fill it out, and then from there, the details get sent through to our team. And then what we're doing is we're pretty much making a determination as to we want to try and help a few people every month. Uh, We'd love to eventually give away free assessments, but we're not quite there yet. More than happy to hear from people Autism is a particular passion of mine. So, people that are doing assessments and diagnosis of autism, I'd love to end up having a couple of good news stories where we work together and get someone onto the scheme. But likewise, if you want to fill out the form, we can get notified and then run some webinars or some things like that to try and help people get onto the NDIS. Now, lastly, what I'm going to do is webinar. Would you love a webinar? I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm more than happy to put one together and then have it at a certain cadence. So we might do it monthly or weekly or fortnightly, depending on how many people we get. I would love to really start. I mean, one of the the company values we have at Conscious Healthcare SA is we create ripples. I know that when people get access to the NDIS and when people have someone hear their story, listen to them, understand them, and give them hope, they flourish. And there is nothing more in the world I love seeing than that. So if you'd like to see a webinar, please let me know. Get in contact I'm really excited about the opportunity to be able to contribute to more people in a greater fashion and way. So, that brings today's episode to an end. I hope you have found it educational and learnt something from it. As fellow Aussies, you know that there is nothing worse than being stingy. So, if you've got value from this podcast here today, please do feel free to share this with anyone whom you think would benefit, whether that be a participant or a support coordinator, or even a family member. If you'd like to help in a greater way, please pass on the Expression of Interest form that I have already mentioned that is in the show notes so we can link someone who you know, love, and also care about to get much-needed access to the NDIS. In future episodes in this series, we'll be covering what to do when starting your plan, how to connect with services, and most importantly, who should you connect with, what NDIS reports should look like to ensure that you're getting much needed funding that you need, how to go about achieving your goals, and what to do in order to prepare for an NDIS plan review. As always, if you've got any feedback, please do get in touch via the email in the show notes. We will see you next week. Enjoy.